Hello and welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is your host, Ashley, aka Ash Kitten, and uh, hopefully we're going to finish up this last segment with this one. I keep telling you guys, I told you I'm bad at time management, so we're just going to finish this. Hopefully part six will be the end, if not part seven, but then I'm done after part seven. If we haven't got through all 200 questions, I apologize, but that, that's just it. I'm going to try on this one, so we're going to try to make it faster and a little bit you know, more fluid, um, but we'll see what happens. All right, so the next question is, um, what irrational fear do you have? Well, um, I don't know if I have an irrational fear. Well, fear of heights is irrational. Um, I have, like, anxiety when I get around a lot of people. But that's not a fear. I just get the anxiety. I don't fear being around a bunch of people. I just get anxiety. I have a rational fear of scary movies. Um, let's see. Clowns. Oh my god. I can't do clowns. I have an irrational fear of clowns. I have no idea why. And I don't know why that's like a common thing. Why? Like, what does it tie into in my brain that makes me afraid of clowns. They're just like, they're creepy to me. Mainly, I feel like, okay, I'm gonna kind of assess this on what I think. I think it's because they have smiles painted on their face and you don't really know how they feel or what they're thinking because it's all like, this is the smile they have painted on, but are they really like, planning to kill me because they've smile painted on you don't know what their really emotions are um i don't know why but um i don't feel like i haven't been around any actual clowns like i don't know any that do like clowning for birthday parties or anything like that but like i feel like if i was around a real clown i wouldn't be able to read them as i do other people because Maybe I could, I don't know, but I feel like it's in the eyes and like it's just something that radiates like something off of them and clowns have like this like facade that they put on so like covers up who they are. I don't know, but they creep me out. So there's that. The next question, what's the best and worst piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice, just do it without excuses. Worst piece of advice was um, keep trying to keep trying in marriage even though it's one way and it's like you can still change things. You can still um, make it better and in the situation I was in it just I kept trying and it just didn't work and I exhausted so many years of my life trying and um and it's not just because of the advice that was given me. It wasn't like I just listened to somebody and was like, okay, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But it was like what everybody wanted was me to keep trying and staying in it because they didn't know what I was really going through either, to be fair, because um, they just didn't believe that that person was capable of the things that I was saying. And for a long time, I didn't even say those things. I was very defensive, you know, of the person I was with because, you know, whether it boils it what it boils down to is that that was my choice that's the person i chose so it's 
basically also when I say all the bad things that are happening, I'm also saying like I'm a bad judge of character because I chose this person to be with, you know. So for a while I didn't even like tell anybody what was going on. I was afraid and it was a lot of stuff. So, um, yep, the worst piece of advice was to stay in a relationship because, uh, well, it was actually for religious reasons. Like people were like, oh, well, you should stay in the marriage because God wants you to. Like, no. There are too many people trapped in marriages because of that exact reason. And honestly, I do believe that God would want me out of that. He would want me out of it. And he would want me worshiping him and being my full self, worshiping him, then being stuck and miserable and wanting to kill myself. I think he values my life over a piece of paper. Um, yes, he values marriage. Yes, it's like very important. And, um, and he... He regards it in in a high um, um, fashion, but it's not something that he's like, oh, stay in the marriage even though you're miserable. Like, I don't believe God would want that. And I've personally had like experiences with God where I was, you know, having, I was communicating with God and he, you know, assured me that what I did was the right thing. Um... And a lot of people would disagree with that. Like, there's no way God would be okay with that. But, like, it says he's a loving God. He's a fair God. He's a compassionate God. He's not going to want someone to stay in something that's miserable. Um, so the next question is, if you had a clock that would count down to any one event of your choosing, what event would you want it to count down to? And I think they're trying to say, like, would you want to know when you're going to die? But the answer is no for that. So what I would want it to count down to is when I'm going to find the person that I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So like when the thing goes off, like I'm like, all right, I don't even have to figure it out. It's all here. I don't even, I'm like, I like when things are easy and I don't have to guess and stuff. So um, that's that question. The next question is what makes a good life? Um... Love, light, positivity, family, um, being able to line up your passion with what you do on a daily basis, being uh, close to the people that you love and letting your guard down around the people that you love so they can get to know you and you can get to know them on a real level, um, having adventures, experiences, and experiencing things with people that you love, um, and yeah, those things, those things make a good life and giving, giving makes a good life. All those things, you have a good life. doesn't matter how much money you have. If you could do all those things, you got for a good life. Um, what do you strongly suspect, but have no proof of? Um, what? what kind of question is that? Oh, you know what? All right. I'm going to throw my conspiracy stuff in here. I strongly suspect that we actually do not have voting rights, that it is just an illusion of freedom, that we are not free, that the best way to hold someone captive is the illusion of freedom, um, meaning that we're all not really free and everything is planned and orchestrated by the government, but we have the illusion of freedom, and to an extent we have freedom within our bars, but we are not free, and I don't believe that our voting even counts for anything. Can I prove it? No. Next, um, what's the last adventure you went on? 
Oh man, I called so many adventures. Let's see. Hmm. Adventure, adventure, adventure. Um, I did a scavenger hunt. Because uh, those are like little mini adventures and all of them. Um, geocaching. Let's see. But what the most, it's just the most recent. So like I'm trying to remember the, the last adventure that I went on. Um, let's see. I think of so many things as adventures. Okay, I'm going to say I went to, um, the, um, the air museum or like the, um, airplane museum in Lakeland. Um, cause I just, I like going all different kinds of places that I can learn stuff. And, um, I had a lot of fun. Like kids really enjoyed the experience. Um, I just love going and doing things. So it was like the most recent experience. Cause that happened like literally the other day and, um, it was really fun. We like sat in the cockpit of some planes, like took some pictures I manipulated some of the pictures to look like the kids were in an airplane and Santa and his reindeer were flying behind them and they're in the sky. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so that was like my last adventure. And um, I use my imagination with the kids all the time. Like yesterday, we were literally like um, princesses and we were like all dressed up in different princess outfits and stuff and they they love like putting tiaras on and just like pretending to be princesses and stuff so like we had adventures just dressing up and pretending um, that was the last adventure I was on metaphorically I guess um, and the next question is when do you feel truly alive wow See, these are some deep questions, guys. See how this is like really like it first started off like kind of like poking at your brain a little bit. Well, first it was like surface questions. Then it was like poking at your brain a little bit. Now it's like, what are you made of? What makes you feel alive? Um, oh gosh, wow. Um, giving. When I give and I like can do it like just with my whole heart and I I can love and spread my love light and positivity even more than my writing even more than my art those things make me feel great but what makes me feel alive is making a difference in someone's life like actually affecting someone's actual life and helping them gain positivity out of something and um that just that just like really makes me feel alive and worshiping when i worship i feel so alive i feel more alive than i've ever felt in my life um it's just a incredible feeling um it, it's supernatural really um what else makes me feel alive my children I feel like I'm starting to have kind of the same answers for everything, but like not trying to, but my children are the most important thing in my life. So like seeing them just makes me giddy with excitement for life. And that, um, is they're they're the biggest reason why I didn't kill myself. Um, to be honest, in my last relationship that I was in, um, my marriage, um, it was prison and, the only reason that I could think of at the time to keep myself from ending it was my kids. 
I don't want to put my kids through that. And I love them and I never, I would never want to hurt them intentionally. And that would be a huge intentional hurt. And it would be selfish. It would be incredibly selfish. But at the time I wanted out so bad. I just had, you know, they're, they're literally the only reason. So they make me feel alive. They make me feel um, proud and alive. Um, another thing that makes me feel alive is when I dress up. I love it. I feel so alive dressing up and so like full of life and um, cosplaying and different things like that. I just, I love it. Um, and when I have a script in my hand. When I have a script in my hand, I just feel like I, I can't even describe it. It's also supernatural. It's also like a supernatural feeling. Like I become someone else and I just, I get it so into it and I feel so alive. So that is what makes me feel alive. Um, my stomach keeps growling. I need to go eat some like some pizza bites in a little bit. Um, when was or what was the most memorable gift you've received? Um, let's see how many more we have on here. Jeez, are we gonna get through them all? How are we gonna get through all of these questions? <laughs> I'm gonna try so hard. Okay. Um, so. The best gifts that I've ever received. Hmm. Um. I think that, or the most memorable gift I've ever received. Um. My kids make me stuff. And I really enjoy them making me stuff. Like, that's like one of the best gifts that I've ever received is when they make me stuff. And they do it a lot, so I have a lot to name. But like my son made me like a bouquet of flower pens where like the pens have flowers at the top and they're like tape going like pretty tape wrapped around the pens and then the, the vase has like pebbles in it so like the pens can stick into the pebbles and it looks like they're just flowers in a vase, but it's really pens. I thought that was really cute. Um but they make me stuff all the time. Um, and there's, it's important to me, the, um, the most memorable gift, man, that's hard, I love gifts, and the, they're, they're just all memorable, um, I love handmade gifts more than anything, but I love gifts, um, I have, um, a gift, oh, one of my most memorable gifts is a necklace that says blessed on it, and I wear it all the time, another one is, um, a really, really pretty, um, Swarovski crystal necklace that has a swan on the end, because it's Swarovski, obviously, and, um, that is memorable because that person is no longer in my life, so, um, is no longer with us, so that is one thing that I also, like, hold on to, hold dear in my life, um, what else? Let's see. What chapters would you separate your autobiography into? Holy moly. Okay, so like the wonder years would be like the first, you know, growing, getting older, like, you know, being young to getting in that, like, starting to um, understand life a little bit. Once I started getting like past like fifth grade, we'll say we'll call it the dark years because like I got bullied 
and um, that's when I chose to express myself the most and I got bullied for it. Um, but it didn't, bullying at first, it was really hard to take, but it didn't bother me to like, still, like I still kept being me. I had the choice to conform still after being bullied and I was like, I don't want to be like you. One, you just showed me how ugly you really are on the inside and I don't want to be anything like you. Um, and, uh, then high school was like my years of social experiments because I just wanted to observe like behavior, human behavior and what things are about. So I just did all these social experiments just randomly all the time. And then, um, and then that was like the years that I was like trying to figure out like myself and, um, and I was very naive, very, very naive. So like definitely naive years. Um, then after that, I thought I fell in love and, um, I, I lost someone very close to me, um, right before that happened. So I feel like I was very, in a very vulnerable state when I met my ex and I feel like that has a lot to do with why I made bad decisions. Um, but I'm not blaming my bad decisions on her death, just that, um, the impact of it, I think altered my mindset. Um, so the, um, those years were very like me against the world kind of thing. Um, and I got, I thought I fell in love, like, so I was, like, duped, you know, and, um, for the first little while, it was actually really great, because this person put on a great facade and a great, um, a great mask that made me think that they were a different person, and I fell in love with that person that they weren't. And then the mask came off and that's when I like, it became like survival for quite a few years, quite many years. It was just miserable and every day something would send me to want to just end it. Except for knowing that my kids were the most important part of my life, you know. Um, having my kids... Each time that I had one of my children, that should be a chapter in itself because it just like was a new beginning and, and just a happiness that I um, can't even explain. So each of them should have their own chapters named after them. Um, and then, uh, then the final, well, not the final chapter, but the chapter where I left, I, should, I would call it Breaking Free. And... Um, once I got out of my own way and once I got out of my own head and I realized that I could do it, I did it and I, I got out and it was very, um, very freeing experience and it was, it was just unbelievable. And, um, when I was trying, okay, I will call the years of being in that marriage trapped in the undertow. Because it's a lot like being trapped in an undertow in, like, the ocean. 
you're being flipped around. You don't know which way is up or down. Something is moving you this way. Something is moving you that way. But you have no control at all, no matter how hard you fight it. But the second you just let go, you're free. And that's what I did. I let go and I was free. And then I found dry land. And that should be like the next. Or like I breathed fresh air for the first time. That should be like the next chapter. Breathing fresh air. Then realizing I had a lot of work to do to catch up with myself. So swimming back to shore. That would be like, you know, the next chapter. All the hard work that I've had to do and things that are obstacles that I've had to face to get um, back to a foundation, like a safe ground foundation. And then now I'm rebuilding. So I'm building like my home and building things um, from nothing because I'm starting with like fresh foundation, fresh ground, but I'm not trapped in the undertow anymore. So uh, those would be the chapters, and then who knows what's set up in the future, hopefully love and happiness and book writing and, like, life coaching, those are all going to be chapters, we'll see, um, so, yeah, and then, um, what do you like most about your family? I love that they're not perfect. I love that they don't try to be perfect. I love every little flaw about them and I love that we're family I love that God picked every single person that's in my family to be in my family my mom how many obstacles she's overcame in her life is unbelievable and the fact that God made her my mom is just incredible um my dad because he uh has so many characteristics that I in I'm inspired by and um how he has changed over the years and he, how he's allowed himself to change over the years um my sister for just being like the most awesome person just doing it like just doing it life just doing life that's what she is just doing life um my younger sister because her sense of compassion she's an empath as well um and I love that about her. Uh, like every single member of my family, I have so many qualities that I love about them. And then I also love their flaws. Like my mom, she's crazy. Uh, but I love her. I love that she's crazy. She's like the, she's, she just makes me laugh sometimes because she's crazy. But I would tell you a story. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you a story. I will shorten it though because it's kind of a long story. But let's just say my mom got, I had to clean up the back of her car because my daughter puked in the back of her car. Sorry, graphically, try, try and don't think about that. But there was stuff in the back of the car she had to clean. And, um, yeah, so my mom got a water hose and sprayed out the back of her car. Yeah. It filled up the car with water and she tries to keep it out with a bucket, which didn't fit in the back. So she, like, had to get a cup and start skip out the water and I'm like what is going on and there's a lot more to that story but that's like the the funny part and so I love her for it I love her for just just thinking that that was okay to do because <laughs> it makes me laugh and I'm grateful that I have everybody in my life that's in my life
and I wouldn't change them or have them any other way. Um, what do you hope your last words will be? Um, I love you to someone that I love. Um, what stat for your life would you most like to see? I don't even know what that means. What stat for your life would you like most like to see? I don't know. We're going to just like skip that question because I don't know what a stat for your life. Like how many kids or something? Like what stat? What stat for your life would you most like to see? I don't know. If you know the answer to that question for yourself, answer it. If you understand that question, if not, just skip it like me. What are three of the most significant numbers in your life? Numbers? Three of the most significant numbers. The number seven. Um, it's just always been like a number that I gravitate toward. Um, it's a beautiful number. It's just, it's just, I don't know what it is. There's something about that number. And I do believe numbers have, hold power. I do. I believe numbers hold power. And um, there's a lot more to, like, numerology and certain things than we even understand um, spiritually. Um, another number that holds significance to me. I'm just going to say seven. This is what three of the most significant numbers in your life. I don't want to say just seven. Because that's the only really number that I really gravitate toward. Um, my, yeah, just seven. Because I don't, I don't want to make up numbers and be like, oh, well, I like this number. I, just, I, I only like the number seven. Um, 77, 777. There you go. There's three numbers. What could you do with $2 million to impact the most amount of people? Here we go. I would um, fly to Africa and I would um, make wells in with two million dollars. Like all it takes is like two hundred dollars to make well a well in Africa. So I would like dig wells in all the places where instead of them having to walk for the full day to get water and then walk back to have enough water for their family for a day. I would dig wells in their villages so that way they had water um, and then they could do other things that are more productive like go to school or learn or do something else besides having to walk all day to get water. Um, I would give food to as many people who needed food. I would set up farms that could farm food just for giving and um, the people who um, were it was being given to most of them maybe not all of them because wouldn't all be capable of doing it but most of them could just work the farm to get the food and even sell it to make their own money like I would just give away anything that I could to help people have better lives um I would um definitely pursue um having a book like publishing company because books are very important and I would donate as many books as I could um, to as many people as I could 
without like going negative or like it costing me more than I could afford. Um, I would, $2 million is a lot of money. So this is a long question, guys. Sorry. Um, I would probably um, really focus a lot on the human trafficking side of things and try to find ways to um, save as many people as I can from human trafficking. For some people, you can act, they actually auction them off as slaves. So I would buy some people and free them. Like, I wouldn't care. You know, I would, I would spend $100,000 on somebody just so that way they could have a free life and even give them some money to, you know, start their life or an education or something. I would start um, programs for people who are in human trafficking to go to be able to learn the, to integrate with real life and not the life that they were living um, because it's like coming out of prison, but worse, far worse. Um, I would, I would try to, um, make as many scholarships as I could for education. Um, and the only requisite, prerequisite to get the scholarship is that they just want to learn. They just want to learn. They just want to go to school. Um, and they don't have the money to do it. That's it. It's the only prerequisite. Um, so that that's pretty much all I can think of for the time being. Um, if you were put into solitary confinement for six months, what would you do to stay sane? Write, read, talk to myself. Um, <laughs> seriously. Um, I would... I mean, six months isn't that long, to be honest. Like, for solitary confinement, it wouldn't be too terrible. Um, unbeknownst to most people, I was in solitary confinement for most of my teenage years because I was grounded for literally everything. Um, so, not even, even younger than teenage years. It was always, like, um, I was, like, I think 10 when I was always, started always getting grounded and stuff. So, look, I was... And I didn't do anything. Like, half the time it was just because my dad was mad. But, um, it was, you know, I'd always just use my imagination or write or read or explore, you know, in reading, explore other places and just travel to other places in my mind or use my imagination and just act out other things. Like, I would just go transform my room into a space shuttle and then I would, you know... I would have so much fun. Like, I really wasn't... Like, they thought they were punishing me for whatever I was constantly doing, you know. Um, but, like, it was just really dumb stuff that I was getting punished over. Um, and I um, I don't do that with my kids. Like, discipline is one thing, but, like, kids are going to make mistakes. And I... I just... I don't know. I felt like because I was being grounded and my sisters were never grounded so it was just weird um but I I learned to escape my reality and it was I had a lot of fun doing it I like made all kinds of imaginary friends and and just explored new worlds and places like that 
Um, so that, um, that kept me sane. So I think that if I was in a prison in solitary confinement for six months, I could do the same thing and still come out fine. Um, what is something horrible that everyone should try at least once? Why would you want to try something horrible? What is something horrible that everyone should try at least once? Ugh, I don't... I don't understand that question. Is why would, If you knew it was horrible, why would you want to try it? Um, if you have an answer to this question go ahead and answer it, but I really am going to just skip this because I can't conceive of anything that everyone should try if it's horrible. Like, if it's a horrible experience, it means it's negative. Don't try it. Why? Why would you put yourself through that? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if nothing good comes out of it, it says it's horrible. If it's horrible. It means nothing good comes out of it, then why would you do it? Yeah, so... Can't think of anything. Next question. Um, what fact are you resigned to? Like, what are these questions right now? Okay, next one. Have you ever saved someone's life? I hope that um, the things that I say help people come out of negative places where if somebody was like, I'm going to kill myself, and then they listen to one of my podcasts or um, know me in person and hear me talk positivity that affects their way of thinking. I hope that I have affected some people um, in my life in that way. Um, I was a lifeguard, so physically I saved people's lives like a few times. Um, I remember a little kid that was in the deep end and I saved her. So those are like Oh, and my daughter, my own daughter, literally, I was just turning around to get my camera so I could take a picture of her, and she was gone before I could turn around, and I'm like, where is she? So I, like, ran over to the pool, and I looked at the bottom, and she was at the bottom of the pool, so jumped in, picked her up. It was in the shallow end for me. It was, like, five feet, but for her, she's, like, five years old, so um, it was when she was four, and she's a little, you know, she will drown in five feet. So for me, I just like jumped in and I could stand, but, um, she not so much. So I just grabbed her up off the bottom of the pool and picked her up and lifted her up into the air. And she's like, thank you, mommy. You saved me. And I was like, Oh my God, my baby. I thought she was going to die. It was terrible. So I saved a life, saved my daughter's life. Um, what were some of the turning points in your life? I think when I talked about my book thing, like when I was talking about the chapters of the book, that, that those are the turning points in my life. Um, huge things that happened. My grandmother passing away, um, that was a huge turning point in my life. Um the each ch each child that I had was turning point in my life leaving my um last relationship which was my marriage um was a turning point in my life um those are all those were all turning points in my life huge turning points um next is 
what would a mirror opposite of yourself be like? Oh my god, it would be really bad to have a mirror opposite of me, I think. I don't, I mean, wouldn't they be evil if I like have my comp moral compass pointed toward north? They would have theirs pointed toward south. So like, they would just be evil and always trying to put hatred in the world and that would not be good. So I don't think that would be good. It would be bad. Let's not ever have somebody like that in their earth. Um, what are you really good at, but kind of embarrassed that you're good at it? What? Why would you be embarrassed if you're really good at something? I don't know. Hmm. Um, I'm not embarrassed of anything. I'm moving my nose up and down. I told you guys, follow me on Snap and you'll see. Ashley in Wonderland, A-S-H-L-E-Y. N as in Nancy, W-O-N as in Nancy, D-R-L-N-D, and you will see me move my nose up and down, which I'm going to do after my podcast, because I promised it on my other podcast, so you'll see my nose go like a bunny rabbit, um, that's the only thing I think of. What are three interesting facts about you? Interesting facts. I died once and got brought back to life, um... Because I was completely flatlined. They were going to pronounce time of death in one minute from the time that I woke. So, like, one more minute of flatline and I would have been pronounced dead. So, I consider it, like, dead and brought back to life. It was completely flatlined. Um, let's see. What other interesting facts? I have an extremely low alcohol tolerance to the point of um, if I have very minimal amount. We're talking, like, one shot. I get violently, violently sick. Um, I just don't metabolize alcohol as fast as a normal person, even as fast as a lightweight. So it's uh, something in my genetics. My sisters also have that. So it sucks because my sister likes to drink, but I don't like to drink. So it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't really bother me too much. But on the occasion that I have, like here and there, New Year's and stuff, I'm like, oh, it's miserable. I can't do this. So... Yeah, that's an interesting fact. And then one more interesting fact is that um, I can't think of anything. Um, interesting fact about me. So fact is something that can't change. These are things that can't change. It's like my metabolism can't change in that. Um, and... I already forgot the the first fact that I gave you because that's how bad my short-term memory is. Um, so I'm going to say I can drive a stick shift. I know how to drive a stick shift. That's an interesting fact about me. That's the only thing I can think of right now, unfortunately. Um, I like... I like using British accents. I like donning accents occasionally here and there. And just um, like, oh, I told you guys that I flatlined and that, that was the first one. All right, so the last one it has to be something that's completely factual. I, I love puns. That's an interesting fact about me. And... Now you guys know.
because I've said it like five times. Um, let's see what else questions. Let's see. Which of your scars has the best story behind it? Scar on my above my right eyebrow, and um, it's very you can't really see it because happened when I was like really little. But I thought that cartoons were accurate, and that if you ran into something like a pole, that Tweety Bird would dance around your head. And well, I tried it, I ran smack dab into a pole and no Tweety Bird, just a lot of blood, busted my head open, had to have stitches, did it on purpose. So everyone's like, no, you accidentally did this. I'm like, no, I wanted to see Tweety Bird. And they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but I was really young and I thought, you know, Sylvester and Tweety were awesome and I wanted to meet Tweety Bird. She's like the coolest cartoon ever. He always got away from Sylvester. Always like, you know, playing all these jokes on him and stuff, and, like, same thing with Roadrunner, but Roadrunner, I mean, uh, the coyote never ran into anything and saw Roadrunner around it, dancing around his head, but Sylvester ran into a pole and saw Tweety dancing around his head, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see Tweety, I'm gonna run into a pole, so that, that has the most interesting story behind it, okay, um, what's the title of the current chapter of your life? A journey to self-love, which is the book that I'm writing, or figuring it out, because I'm figuring it out. Um, what is the hardest lesson you've learned? Oh, wow. The hardest lesson I've learned is that no matter how risky it seems to leave a situation that you're not happy in, it's not worth it to stay and um, the reason why it's a hard lesson is because I would never make that jump and once I did it was really great but it was just hard to get that in my head it was hard to make that jump make that leap so that was the hardest lesson I've ever learned hopefully we're gonna get through these questions what mistake do you keep making again and again? Um, procrastination. Uh, not putting things where they need to go so that way I can find them later because I lost my keys and I can't find them and need to find them today. Um, and uh, bloop, bloop, what other mistake do I keep making? Um, that's really it. I mean, I can think of, I probably make a million mistakes all the time. I'm just saying, those are the ones that come to mind. What do people think is weird about you? Everything. I am definitely a weird person. I just, like, the fact that I break into song, people think that's weird. The fact that I mismatch my socks on purpose, people think that's weird. The fact that I make wishes at 11-11, people think that's weird. So, I'm just, like, a lot of things. When people look at you, what do you think they see or think? Um... I think that people see a person who isn't afraid to stand out and um, express themselves. At least I hope that's what they think and see. Um, what have you created that you are most proud of? Oh my gosh, my kids! 
that's the easiest one in the world. My kids, everyone, it's their kids. I'm sure, like, anyone who has kids, it's their kids. But, like, other than that, besides kids, um, my art, my writing, and my podcast, I'm so proud of it. Like, people are listening to it. It's cool. It's really cool. And um, just, you know, like, to know that I'm putting content out there that people want to listen to and they don't mind hearing my voice, which I'm actually annoyed by when I hear my own self. That's why I don't listen to the podcast again after I record it. I just automatically upload it and hope that it sounds good because I don't like listening to my own voice. Isn't that weird? But it's true. Um, so that is, um, that is that. Let's see, um, if you could make a 20-second phone call to yourself at any point in your life, present or future, when would you call and what would you say? Dude, that is the coolest question. That's almost as cool as the cryogenically frozen one. All right. I would call my old self before I got into the relationship with my ex. No, because then I wouldn't have my kids. Shoot. Okay, no. I would, after my last child was born, I would call myself and say, get out. You're much better off. Just get out. I know it's scary, but I've already done it. I'm in the future and things are great, but you need to do it now and things will be greater sooner. And then I would have done that. Yes, for sure. That's when, because I would already had all my kids, and then, so then I'm not, like, not letting them be born into the world, but I am, um, because I can't imagine my life with any of my kids, like, I'm sure if I could erase my memory and go back, and someone told me that that was going to be a toxic relationship, that I wouldn't get into it, but having already seen my kids and knowing them and, and who they are, I can't go, I can't change that. And like, if I made that phone call to myself before they were born, then all of a sudden in the real life now, they would just start disappearing and I'd be like, no, what happened? I missed them. And so I couldn't do that. Um, but after my last child was born, psh, I would be like, you need to get out now, right now, the day that she was born. I would just, like, I would call myself, like, yep, I know you're, I know you just had a baby. This is what's going to happen. You're going to leave. You're going to do it. You're going to figure it out, and you are going to be successful doing it. Um, so that's what I would say. Um, that's a great question, though. What annoys you most about the in-groups you are a part of? Oh, so I don't do that. I don't subscribe to in-groups that are, that are like people that I don't, well, I guess I have some, like I do a game night with some people and we're all different types of people. Like there's, we're not like all geeks or all anything. We're just like a group of people that like playing board games, which makes us geeks. But at the same time, we all have different lifestyles. Um, the thing that annoys me the most about one of them is the over-competitiveness. Over um, so that's one of the things, one of the groups. I have another in-group that um, that we are, like, 
writers, like we're, we all write together, and nothing really annoys me about that group. Um, no, nothing really. Um, usually the people I hang out with are people I really, like, get along with because nothing really annoys me about spending time with them. And then also, I don't spend all my time with people, like, if something annoys me, I'm probably going to spend less time with them so that way I don't experience the thing that annoys me. So, like, person in my life that I'm related to... I love them to death. They are very important to me and a very integral part of my family. But at the very same time, I can only spend short periods of time with that person because they um, drag me down emotionally. <clears throat> so I I don't um, I don't let that happen because I don't spend enough time with them for them to do that. Uh, next is. Uh, what do you have doubts about? I'm sure everybody has doubts about, like, so many things. Like, the future, you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I have doubts about everything. Like, we're human. I even have doubts about, like, some of the things that I believe in sometimes. Like, doubt creeps in. That's, that's normal. And that's gonna happen. No matter what, how strong your faith is, you're gonna have doubts. But my faith outweighs my doubts. So, it's, that doesn't matter. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? Helping people, loving people, my writing, my art, um, mostly spreading love, light, and positivity. Um, hopefully in the future when I have my YouTube channel, maybe that, um, or my podcast. What are some of your personal rules that you never break? Um, never kiss on the first date. Um, definitely, like, don't hook up with somebody that you haven't known for a very long time and so that is one of my rules um let's see what else don't allow negative people into your life um those are my personal rules delete 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 negative people out of my life like that is a rule that i automatically if i see someone that has a low blow someone says a low blow to me and low blow meaning a insult that is below the belt if someone does that regardless of the situation because i don't do that i don't get like blood boiling and just like yeah, say something that's inappropriate or rude to the maximum like calling me a b-word is one thing which that is considered a low blow depending on how well you know like if you know me really really well and we have very strong friendship and that happens and there's you know some underlying factors one thing but if you sit there and be like like tell someone like that's why your dad beat you or something like no that's a low blow you will never talk to me again goodbye you are the weakest link goodbye and so that is personal rule I have. What do you regret not doing or starting when you were younger? Um, I regret not pursuing being an astronaut. I regret not, um, yeah, that. <laughs> um, pursuing, I think, like, I didn't take education as seriously as I should have because I felt like I knew it all. When I was really young because I kind of like I tested really well so I had my grade 
pretty much figured out where I could pass, but without getting, you know, like the homework done and stuff like that, I just averaged my own grades because that was easy. You just add up all the grades and divide by the number of grades that you have. So like that, once I figured out how to do that, it was super easy. And, um, I was able to maintain a passing grade without having to really work hard. And I wish I could go back and just like work really hard and get through school. So that way I could have gotten a scholarship and done that whole thing and gotten a better education and stuff. Even though, even though I don't believe in school is the best institution, it's the only we got right now. So I wish I would have fulfilled every potential that I had in that. Um, if you could have a never-ending candle that smelled like anything you wanted, what fragrance would you want it to be? Hmm. Citrus. I like the smell of citrus. I feel like I was asked this question already, just reworded. What's the best thing about you? My positivity. I believe that. What bends your mind every time you think about it? Um, the fact that the universe is always expanding and we are on this earth that is one rock out of millions in the galaxy or not just we have many galaxies in this universe so the fact that you know there are other planets out there that we've never even been to that are so far out of reach for us right now because we can't travel like by light speed or anything right now so it's just like um it's just bends my mind to think of like how the universe is still expanding and how is that even possible and it's definitely possible but um just how is it happening and then um things like a chimera which is someone who has two sets of dna in their body um people with multiple personality disorder like disassociative identity disorder oh my gosh people with schizophrenia like those things just bend my brain it's so amazing and i love learning about stuff like that um what's the best thing you got from your parents um, the best thing that I got from my parents is love. My mom was very loving. Um, my dad, from him, I think the best thing I got from him is the uh, strong will and and the stubbornness to not give up. Um, what one responsibility do you really wish you didn't have? Well, that's crap. I have, I love all my responsibilities. I mean, I like, I kind of wish I didn't have to make a car payment or, or insurance payment, but like, that's really it. I don't have anything in my life that I don't want there. I love all my kids as far as them being responsibilities. They're amazing responsibilities. Um, so I would just say like my insurance payment that I hate paying, but it's, has to happen what is the holy grail of your life um i don't know like is that something you're chasing after and you haven't found yet is that or is that something that you idealize um well i would answer both the thing that i cherished the most are my children and um, they're not things, but they are mine, and I love them, 
and I cherish them more than anything. Um, and then something that like the unicorn in my life, like chasing after, but haven't attained, like searching for is, um, like the answers to the mysteries of the universe, but I'm still searching for them and I'm still finding them little by little. So that's cool. Um, the next question is if your childhood had a smell, what would it be? Christmas cookies. That would be the smell. Um, that's a weird question. I don't even think that's a good question. What are the top three things you want to accomplish before you die? How close are you to accomplishing them? I want to publish a book. Haven't done it. Um, working on it. Writing it. So I'm, I'm moving in the positive direction of getting it done. Um, I want to accomplish being a successful motivational speaker slash life coach. And I'm working on it. This podcast is actually helping me um, and moving me in that positive direction as well. So will my YouTube channel. And um, three, I think that I want to have accomplished um, the, I want a certain level of success where I, my children don't have to worry about money or trying to make it. I want them to have a comfortable lifestyle. So um, in being a life coach, a successful one to where life isn't as hard for them as it was for me because of the lack of money, but um, not having so much money that I don't know what to do with. But then again, I do know what to do with it. I would give it to people who need it. Um, what do you wish you could tell yourself 10 years ago? What do you think you'll tell, you want to tell your current self 10 years from now? So the 10 years ago one already happened, just explained, like I would tell myself as soon as your last baby's born, get out of there. And then um, 10 years from now, what I would like to tell myself is uh, keep going and um, wherever you're at, like if it's not where you want to be, keep pursuing it because you have the chance to make a difference and be the person that you want to be. Um, this is going to be the last question for this segment. Yes, it's going to go into another segment. Dang it. Um, so the last question is, in your group of friends, what role do you play? I am the crazy weird one and I make people laugh. That's the role that I play. Make people laugh and I'm this storyteller. That's definitely what I am. I tell all the stories. Someone's like, oh, this thing happened. And then they're like, Ashley, you tell the story. And I tell the story because I'm a storyteller. Um, so that's all the time that I have for, for this segment. I'm going to continue into the next one because the questions are getting a little bit deeper and a little bit more personal. And some of them have sucked, but some of them were really good. So I'm going to skip the ones that suck and just hopefully get really deep into the ones that are, you know, good questions. And thank you for subscribing if you've subscribed and thank you for listening. And I really appreciate um, any support that I get. If you want to hit me up on the Anchor app, you're more than welcome to it. Um, if you want to be like blasted on my channel, I don't mind doing that as long as it's PG. Um, thank you so much for uh, listening and hopefully that you're learning something for the, from this and you're getting something out of it, and you're learning to love yourself, you're learning about yourself, and you're getting to know yourself.
and um just thank you so much bye guys